Hannibal on the boards. Scope. My grandmother just made it back from the homeland. 20 years she seen me. Now I'm a grown man. Crazy how I think she knows that I be blowing trees though. We be laughing and she happy that I speak Ebo. I'm trying to take the movement past heat though. Shout out to London. Every time I stop and listen, God is trying to tell me something. Rarely fronting. Now I get the wildest opportunities. Not even amazed by jewelry. Google. Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel, and uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, as always, we're joined today by very excellent guests, and I'm always joined with my one or two co-hosts, and today I'm joined by Dr. Petty and Dee. Um, gentlemen, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves for the sake of the audience? Hey guys, Dr. Petty here. Always happy to be part of the Block Channel podcast, and uh, this one's a little more special, near and dear to my heart, because it's about data science and blockchain if you will and as d host number two of the bitcoin podcast in here uh guest hosting on block channel um i don't know proudest accomplishment i beat gone the legends with all of the uh, class types so. <laughs> so uh he's he's, he's qualified <laughs> all right so, so thanks for that d and 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 as i said you know we're joined by a guest today um richard Crabe or is it Crabe? Am I pronouncing that correctly, Richard? Crabe is correct. Yeah, Richard. Richard Crabe. Okay, excellent. So, like I said, I'm joined by Richard Crabe. So, Richard, uh, can you give us a formal introduction of yourself? Um, just sort of give us an idea of who you are, educational background, technical background, and like who you are as a person. Why, why are you here today, Richard? And and why do we think Numerai is important? Um, yeah. Well, I'm the founder of Numerai, and uh, I previously. Uh, Got a degree in mathematics. I did pure mathematics and uh, mm. focused on abstract algebra. Really? And, like yep. that. <laughs> and then uh, after that, I it was around 2012 and machine learning was becoming uh, something that was uh, getting, getting very interesting uh, with all the breakthroughs in computer vision. And so I decided to start uh, learning data science. So I took a class in it. Uh, after I graduated, and then decided to apply it to finance. Um, so I worked at a at a fifteen billion dollar uh, asset management firm, and inside these places, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of quant, but very little machine learning. And so I ended up becoming really good at machine learning there. And then recently, I started Numerai. Excellent. <clears throat> so how long have you been? uh connected to the crypto industry itself um like i formally how were you introduced and how did that sort of make a play into where you are right now well i remember hearing about bitcoin uh, i think in 2012 or so and um but i wasn't actually that interested in it um and then uh do you know what ephemeral is ephemeral. uh no i i've not heard of that before it's Petty, sort of see? It's yeah. like Burning Man, uh, but on water. Um, huh. No, I've not wow. heard that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I really yeah, like dangerous. that movie, Water <laughs> so, That sounds dangerous. So I went to that. Um, it is dangerous. Um, I went to that, and uh, actually, one of the co-founders of PayPal was there, and he was telling me about Ethereum, uh, and this was in 2014, and uh, and. I got really interested just because of how interested he was. And so uh, I ended up looking into Ethereum after that and then read the white paper on Ethereum and then bought some 
bought into the crowd sale for Ethereum. And, uh, and that was sort of the main intro to crypto for me. And then a few months after that, I bought into the Orga one because uh, Joey seemed to be really bright. And uh, so, so that's sort of my main introduction to it. And when I started Numerai, I actually always wanted us to have our own cryptocurrency. And so it was kind of actually all part of the plan. All right. So, so I go guess, ahead. Let's, uh, let's move into what Numerai is and uh, what, it, what, what problem it's trying to solve. Numerai is uh, basically the, the, we're crowdsourcing um, machine learning models for financial data sets to predict um, right now, predict global equities. And um, I, I would say the problem is really that hedge funds are broken at the moment. They're kind of do terribly uh, in general and have high fees. And they're also kind of like have this weird pre-internet uh, organizational design where it's really, you know, a few smart people in a room and, uh, and they're trying to, trying to make something work. And I think we need a kind of new new organizational design for that where, uh, and so what Numerai is able to do is have, um, you know, we have over 13,000 data scientists connected to Numerai, all modeling the data. Um, and, and, that, and that's about two orders of magnitude more data scientists than they are at the next biggest hedge fund in terms of number yeah. of data scientists. How do they get access to this data? Is that is that all, is that kind of decentralized part of the blockchain or, or? Well, that's sort of the trick is that uh, you know you'd never want to share your data um, in the open because then you're kind of giving away your edge. So um, so that's why hedge funds are very secretive and that's why they're designed in the way that they are. Um, but we use special techniques to be able to share the data without uh, without uh, you being able to know what it is, but all the all the structure is inside the data. And so you can still do machine learning on the data we give you, even though you have no idea what it is. And so this allows us to, to give data to everyone for free and uh, and they can model it and contribute intelligence back to our hedge fund without actually knowing what it is. Can you so, give us some more insights into how you do the actual obfuscation of the data? Um, we've do, we do many things, uh, to, to, in, for that. And, um, we don't talk about it specifically, but mm -hmm. in broad strokes, uh, one of the first things I got interested in, um, which allowed for me to start thinking about Numerai is something called homomorphic encryption. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that, and that's an encryption that basically lets you do exactly this. You can share the data set still do machine learning. Um, but then, you know, there are other kinds of, uh, th th turns out that's very slow. And so there are other kinds of things uh, in between that uh, and, and obfuscation, things, you know, things around differential privacy. Uh, and then there are others too, like, um, like neural cryptography, where you make a neural net learn how to, how to hide, uh, hide, hide, hide data. And um, and still make it useful. So there's all kinds so this of is, new things so in this field. 
So is this is this plan to ever use anything like a zero knowledge proof or anything like that, or is this like, or is that more so like at a, um, uh, I guess an an initial level, I guess like that's just what you're sort of trying to do in the beginning. Yeah, we uh, we don't, yeah, we don't think um, we're gonna need to use zero knowledge proofs for anything yet, but. Uh, it's all part of this amazing, like probably just three years ago, a lot of this stuff wasn't wasn't around, and um, and it's it's pretty cool to have cryptography enable so many things that you wouldn't think were possible, uh, like Bitcoin itself. Does the obfuscation techniques limit the analyses you can perform on the data? Well, that's what you don't want. Um, and with the ones we use, we there really aren't any any limits. Uh, so it turns out, you know, we have users, uh, data scientists on Numeri, that actually have much better models than we have internally, mm -hmm. uh, even though our models are trained on the raw data. Interesting. So all they're looking for is that actually you don't get, I guess, the the bias of the raw data looking for the types of things you would normally look for if you don't know what you're supposed to look for you can look for trends just within the data and whatever you end up can end up being more valuable than what something you thought you should look for had you known what the raw data is if that makes exactly sense. weirdly you can often make better models without without knowing what the data is um for that kind of kind of overfitting reason that's really interesting. It's also very interesting the fact that you're not you're not limited in the scope of what you can do to the data uh, after the obfuscation. It's basically like a turning names of things you would have ideas about into like bleeps and bloops, and you're just trying to find relationships amongst those things. Exactly. Yeah. So, what kind of overall progress has been made thus far since you've released the uh, Numeri token? Um, so, the token we think we announced that like two weeks ago. Or something, and um, it's been a, it's been a really extraordinary success in terms of you know uh, how much press interest there was in the first hedge fund to ever have a cryptocurrency, and then also our users, some of them at first kind of like scratching their heads like what is this, and uh, and 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 then you know now that they've underst understood it, um, they're very excited about it, and for some of them they're earning. Much more numeraire uh, than uh, than they than Bitcoin, and therefore it's possible that uh, once we go live on Ethereum, that you know this numeraire could actually be really valuable. Ah, mm. uh, uh, so wait, so this token itself isn't hasn't actually been appended to the the Ethereum public chain as a ERC twenty compliant token yet. Yeah, yeah uh, we. What we announced with the white paper and mm -hmm. and the code for the smart contract, and uh, Joey Krug, who's an advisor to Numerai, uh, he he was sort of on the side of don't don't launch right away. Like spend some time, let let the users test it, uh, let other people mm -hmm. comment on it, and so that's happening now. Um, but nice. so far, we haven't really need to make many changes, and uh, we expect to to go live on Ethereum pretty soon. Let's talk about oh, a little bit about um, what the token is re relative to your network. So like uh, with, with Ethereum and a lot of these platforms that the kind of built-in token allows you to 
have functionality with the community that you're building or just have an asset that represents the wealth uh, or the value of, of your network. What does is, what is the numeraire do for a user on your platform? Well, it does the most important thing that we're trying to do, really. It incentivizes the most critical thing. Uh, what we're trying to do is have our users build models that generalize to live data. So the biggest problem with uh, quant really is that people do these back tests and things look good and then you end up doing terribly on real data. And mm-hmm. and so we, we sort of have this uh, same issue where our users have data that they can model, training data, and then they test it and they test it and test it and test it. And maybe, maybe over time their model performance can degrade. Um, and that's what's that's why we created Numeraire. It's like an economic incentive not to do that. It's an economic incentive to to make a model that works really well on live data. So you're disincentivized mm. to have kind of overfitted data. Exactly, because if you do, um, the Numeraire that you stake gets destroyed. So it, it works in this staking mechanism. Um, you can decide how much Numeraire you want to stake on a set of predictions. And if you're... If you're right, those predictions end up working on live data, then the smart contract will give you your numeraire back plus a bunch of Bitcoin. Um, so, and then if you end up doing badly, we destroy all of your numeraire, uh, provably on the blockchain. Mm. Oh wait, so so you don't so you're not actually paying the scientists back in numeraire; they're getting paid out in Bitcoin. They on the regular tournament you earn Bitcoin and Numeraire, Got and then okay. the staking is sort of like a side bet. So it's like, do you want to side bet some of your Numeraire uh, on your predictions? And uh, if you do that, it's a way to to win more uh, dollars, basically. But we pay those dollars out in Bitcoin. Um, so all that uh, means what's what's good about that is it actually. Numeraire is connected to a dollar payout. Now, a lot of these tokens, uh, they end up kind of being weirdly circular. where um, You have no idea why the co- token's worth anything at all, because um, you're kind of paying. Is that um, you can actually use it to make money. Oh, sorry, you cut out there for a second. Can you repeat what you said there? Just like that past like five seconds, something about Akasha. Sorry about that. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, some of these tokens uh, can be weirdly circular, where you end up earning, uh, you end up earning to- the token over and over again, and you have no idea why it has any real value. Uh, but mm-hmm. with Numeraire, you can actually uh, earn money with the token, and therefore it's sort of like a right to earn money in the Numerize staking mechanism, and therefore it's it is a token with significant economic value um, depending on your expectations of what Numerai will pay out in the staking tournaments long term. Excellent. So 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 here's here's what I believe is be a pretty good question because from from uh, from a high level if I was looking at this and I was just like another trader or another person in like say the Ethereum community, 
I would look at what you're building here and say, well, how does this really differ from like, you know, Augur, a prediction market, which basically like is, you know, choosing to use crowdsourced data in order to make predictions. And you all are basically like using prediction models um, in order to make predictions. Uh, how would you describe in your own words the difference between the prediction market and what you're doing at Numerai? Well, we are a hedge fund. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we are trading uh, global equities uh, around the world, and uh, that's our business model, and and that's always going to be what we do. Um, mm -hmm. Something like, and therefore, Numeraire is related to kind of this overall success of that hedge fund, um, mm -hmm. whereas something like Rep uh, with Augur, it's like an open source uh, protocol. Um, and uh, it's got nothing to do with. Uh, there's no. There's no. Uh, it, you're banking on that that the fee income from Orgo will be will be high um, for making those predictions and uh, and and betting on those markets. But Numerai is all about our hedge fund product and how successful that will be. That's really interesting. Mm. I feel like so you're almost. I'm curious about your your your. The amount of data scientists that you said you've brought onto the platform, I feel like something like this can only pick from a small subset, like the intersection of data scientists and blockchain enthusiasts and hedge fund people. Like, how how are you getting so many data scientists into the space? Because there aren't that many of us in the blockchain space. And are, do you feel like they yeah. are coming on and being really receptive to like receiving Bitcoin and Numerai as payment, like? This, this token aspect of what you're doing? Yeah, I, uh, I actually think uh, for many of them, they don't have any con special connection with blockchain. Um, they, they are people who were, are users of, of Kaggle um, mm. and things like that. And, what, and then they heard about Numerai and uh, some of them started making Bitcoin on it. And they didn't have a Bitcoin address to withdraw it to. But uh, sooner or later, they figured out how to get a Bitcoin address. And uh, uh, so, you know, we don't really want to. In fact, the way the UI and the user experience of Numeraire as well, it really is like trying to avoid anyone having to learn too much about Ethereum. Um, we see this as like a very functional piece of what we're doing. Um, rather than like an ideological piece of what we're doing. I think that's wonderful. I think that's the right approach to incorporating this technology into um, whatever problem you're, sol you're trying to solve. Yeah, and I think many people will, will not have Ethereum addresses and they will just keep their numeraire inside, inside of their accounts uh, and not withdraw it anywhere. And, and uh, and later on, maybe a year from now or two years from now, um, they'll get uh, Coinbase. Maybe we'll start allowing Numeraire, uh, and and then we can, um, and then and then everything will make sense for them. So for now, it's just like this early thing. It's just extra bonus. Uh, we're still paying Bitcoin, and um, and we think people will will really like it once they understand it, basically. So now you, you're you're talking about um, um, you know Numerai like going forward like into the future. 
and like how you expect it to grow and hopefully like get adopted to make it easier for these data scientists. So let's talk about currently Ethereum, like and where it stands in the present, just for a moment. Um, where do, where do you feel like how do how do you feel about the current current environment of Ethereum, like its current success and like where it's going uh, in the long term? Uh, what, what do you how do you, how do you how comfortable do you feel about like you know building in essentially hedging on Ethereum's technology going forward in the future? Um, yeah, well, I've always really liked the idea of Ethereum, and uh, and but I think a lot of people were very skeptical of certain pieces of it, um, say a year ago, eighteen months ago, and one of the I think one of the important moments for Ethereum was the coin Coinbase uh, allowing Ethereum. Uh, as part of Coinbase, and I, I, uh, I think that was pretty significant as a sort of like, I guess, as close to an institutional buy-in as you could get uh, from mm-hmm. the block blockchain space. Um, and then, and then it's it's just so I thought that was a big win. And then I I can see it. I can't see it going away at this point. So there's time when you think, okay, well, maybe maybe payments is the big thing. Maybe you know the only thing people want to do is transact. Uh, like and then and then they'll just use bitcoin but really i think now it's like it's going to have r- very little to do with payments blockchain i think i mean i think a lot of people are seeing that now and it's going to be interesting applications where you want what what say something like numeri wants which is like we want a new way to incentivize uh, a population to do to to do something in a specific way and um and it's got nothing to do with payments. It's actually just got to do with incentivization. Hmm. Well, so when it comes to like blockchains in general, what blockchain related companies do you feel are most apt for success? Like who do you feel has it all together? Got all their ducks in a row, all their T's crossed, I's dotted. Well, I'm a, I'm an investor in uh, Polychain uh, which is not really a blockchain company, but it does invest in all these different tokens. Because I think there's a kind of macro thing here where where a lot of people will win um, just because Ethereum is kind of foundational. So if you were to have a hedge fund that that, that had Ethereum tokens, that would probably do quite well. Um, but in terms of more genuine blockchain stuff, I also bought into Augur, uh, and I really like what they're doing. And if they can do what they're trying to do, it will change. It will change blockchain completely because now you could have, uh, you know, the truth of the real world beyond be chain, and that will be more significant than people realize. Uh, so I, I really like that one too. Do you foresee yourself eventually using Augur's data in like your modeling? Like, is that sort of like is that the plan in the long term, kind of, or? Uh, it suck. It really sucks trading anything. Uh, uh in the real world i mean there's all these regulations um and <laughs> and fake uh, like really fake, yeah fake barriers to entry that basically uh have, have been put in by the regulations there's certain products we can't trade without uh you know 100 million dollars or there's all these all these things and so it's very difficult and and it's also um it seems like it, it's it's been structured like this on purpose um, <laughs> to have high barriers for new hedge funds 
for example. Um, but I do think that if you could have everything be traded on the blockchain uh, in, a, in a legal way, even just the technology would be better than waiting two days for a trade to settle and uh, whatever that means. Yeah. Well, even what you're doing with kind of uh, creating a platform that enables others with skills to contribute to a larger project uh, is is really important. And using the using kind of the underlying technology of blockchain to enable that is, I think, a really good use case for what all this is good for in the first place. I mean, the Kaggle kind of was the the first to get data scientists to rally around around creating a getting really good insight out of large data sets and you're doing the same thing, but also incentivizing the people that participate with you much, much better. Exactly. I think, I hope that being an early Numeri user will be like being an early Bitcoin miner, right? Like you, you were there for the, in the early days when uh, Numeri was still uh, cheap and easy to get. Um, And then, and then you benefit from that over the long term. Uh, for your initial contributions. What about generalizing your platform? Because it seems as though Numerai is, is, is it, am I wrong in saying that Numerai is specific to your hedge fund? But the idea of of incentivizing, you know, X community with their skill set to work on Y data is a pretty popular idea. It can be applied to a lot of different things. Are you pigeonholed into just dealing with your specific hedge fund? Yeah, um, think about Think about the contributions to chemistry and biology and all those other sorts of things if you created a you know a token for each one of the hard sciences. Yeah, well, we should just make a really good hedge fund that allocates <laughs> money to those companies. Uh, money is an issue in those spaces too, let me tell you. I mean, yeah, I do think it is kind of like the meta problem and that's why it's interesting. It's very abstract. Um, where, do, where should the money in the world be, right? And so uh, it's cool that you could have a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of data scientists around the world having building AIs to decide where the money should be. And so that's a compelling enough problem to be working on. And um, so we're just going to do that. It's, it's very well, objective, it's... too. There's no there's no like worrying on someone making a decision based on what they think is right. It's like, does the model work? OK, you get paid. That's it's it's pretty exactly what much what it comes down to. Yep. Love it. Well, let's let's go ahead and close things up here on a really, really, really positive note here. And just we're going to ask you pick your brain here for a second while we have you and and ask you to share with us if you have any sort of advice uh, or maybe just like words of note that you would want to share with the audience for any young like developers, entrepreneurs, other data scientists like yourself who may be listening um, that are looking to uh, have similar success as yourself? And what, what, what is something that maybe resonates with you internally that you can share uh, with the audience that they can learn from? I think one thing uh, to do with uh, anything to do with technology, you want to have investors that are very smart um, because uh, often you're going to be doing something that uh, they don't know about. So we might have investors that actually don't know about blockchain, but if they have some a lot of raw intelligence, uh, then that helps a great deal to uh, to convey new ideas um, where they where their experience doesn't help. You know their intelligence can help. So that's one thing. The other thing is that I would say is advice is that there's actually a lot of 
really good advice already um, that probably can not even be improved upon uh, from all around the internet from uh, people like Paul Graham and Peter Thiel and things like that. And it's probably not much I could add. Um, and then the other thing is to data scientists, I would say uh, Kaggle is an amazing place to to start learning how to be a data scientist and then Numerize a great place to go next. And to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now not only can you learn as a student, but you can make some bucks on top, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Really incentivizes education. Well, thank you very much, Richard. Thank you for uh, coming coming on the show and, and filling our minds with the information in relation to Numerai. Uh, hopefully we can get some more nice budding data scientists coming your way. And of course, you know, once you guys get the ball rolling and you guys are committed to the actual Ethereum public blockchain and things are popping off, feel free to come on back on the show and tell us how things are and give us an update. Okay, that'll be soon. All right, Richard. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us today. Uh, and hope you have a great day, man. Thanks for coming on. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Have a great day. Bye-bye. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by CryptoDex. CryptoDex specializes in marketing and consulting for individuals who are seeking to raise funds in the crypto space via token launch. Their service can assist with tokenization structures, marketing, and building long-term sustainable communities for your individual token. If you're interested in learning more, check out the links to the service in the show notes below. Quico, yeah, you know it's going to LV small when I'm in my town. Home court advantage, when I'm done, the pussy looking like a cheese Danish. Speak Spanish to my women when I'm feeling horny. Shit, I just wanna bang like Sean Corey. Never sorry, tell my story, smoke away my sorrows. From my window seat, I swear to God, I see tomorrow. Dealing with a house of cars like Kevin Spacey. Watching suits daily to get the gas amazing. Instrumentals losing all the great beats. Never smoking for me, it's on May. Instrumentals losing all the great beats. Never smoking for me, it's on May. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh.